everybody, I'm Connor, that's Doug, and welcome to Cereal Talk, a podcast about the rich history of everyone's favorite grain-based breakfast food. In this episode, we'll explore cereal's humble beginnings in Akron, Ohio, where Ferdinand Schumacher, known as the Oatmeal King, first convinced local workers to give up their breakfast pork in favor of horse food. We'll also offer up our definitive ranking of cereals, from the sublime Cinnamon Toast Crunch to the abomination that is Grape Nuts. I mean, what's the deal with Grape Nuts anyway? No grapes, no nuts, that's false advertising. Finally, we'll train an investigative eye at the life and career of one Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. We've uncovered some disturbing allegations about the captain. Two words, stolen valor. Connor, Connor, how dare you? Captain Crunch is a hero. He fought for this country, and I won't have you besmirch the good name of Grape Nuts. They're delightful. Anyway, we're not doing that podcast. This is The Bethel School District Presents, a podcast about the Bethel School District, and we have a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking about six-foot-tall digital screens, standards-based instruction and grading, and we'll get an update on elementary conference week next week. But first, we want to celebrate one of our amazing middle school students who's working hard to end Alzheimer's. Connor recently got a chance to sit down and talk with her about it. I'm here with Cougar Mountain Middle School 7th grader Rosalind. And Rosalind, you're doing a lot of great stuff to end Alzheimer's. Can you tell us where that came from, where your desire to get involved with this came from? Well, about when I was six years old, my grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's. And after that, that summer of his passing away, I started doing lemonade stands. And that was tons of fun. From on, I created a pageant called Miss Forget Me Not in about 2018. And talk a little bit about that pageant. So how does that work? How does it raise money? And, and why is it such a special event for you? Well, basically, we have a bunch of girls that, and we do a lot of fundraising events after the, they win the pageant. And basically, everybody wins. It's an everybody wins pageant. And it's just a lot of fun. We have different events. We have like a softball game that we go to. We have lemonade stands like all together. We have just a lot of different events to raise money for everybody and, and that has Alzheimer's and caregivers. Let's talk a little bit about Rosalind's Caring Canvases. That's your own very own nonprofit organization. Where'd the idea for that come from and what do you do with it? Well, I consider myself an artist and I love painting. So, and I also love to volunteer at nursing homes. And that I just kind of formed those two together and started painting little canvases for patients in memory care centers and nursing homes. And basically, we just, it makes them smile. We go there, we deliver paintings to them, and it's just, it's so sweet. I love it. That's a lot of volunteering your time and your effort and your energy for a kid your age. I mean, for anyone, really. What is it that makes you want to keep doing this? It's just the feeling I get every time that I go to nursing homes and just see the smiles on their faces. It's the feeling that I know that my grandfather's smiling down on me. It's just an amazing feeling, and I love to keep feeling that feeling. And you recently had a really cool opportunity where you got to go down to Olympia and speak with some of our state lawmakers about Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's awareness. What was that like? It was amazing. I've I've done it the past few years, but since of COVID, we couldn't do it the, the year before, and it's it's just it was so amazing. I love going to Olympia and going to the state capitol, having my own little speech to tell them. It's just amazing. I love being there. And did you get the sense that they um, took you seriously and they were going to look into some of these things? Yes, it's very impressive to see a twelve-year-old at a place like that. It was so much fun though, and I could definitely tell that they cared. What do your friends think about all this? Because I got to imagine that not all of your friends are as involved in nonprofit organizations and advocating for causes and things like that. What do they think of all your actions? They're mind blown and they're also like, they can't relate. (laughs) You're 
obviously very young and you've already got a really impressive resume with all this. Where do you hope to take this? Is this something you envision tackling in the future and continuing on with it? Yes, actually, I want to go to Cornell University when I'm older for college. I also want to go to the Robinson Center. It's a little place that you can go to, like, basically go to college when you're in high school. So I'm really hoping to be able to do that. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with all your future endeavors. Thank you. I love it. It's amazing to hear about students who are going above and beyond here in Bethel. It really is. And we love to showcase the work of our students. And that was very true at our recent Technology and Art Fair. Spanama Lake High School hosted our first in-person Technology and Art Fair since the pandemic. And 2,100 people can't be wrong. They packed the high school to see digital learning at its finest, technology integration, STEM, and student art. This year, there were more than 1,000 pieces of art judged by professional artists and educators. Director of Arts and Integration Mike Sacamano said elementary teachers wanted to use this as a way to celebrate student development rather than just competition. So as a result, they identified four areas for the judges to critique. These include visual storytelling, composition, use of media, and craftsmanship. And the judges identified pieces which demonstrated outstanding achievement for each category. At the secondary level, they wanted to compete, of course. <laughs> so ribbons were awarded to outstanding art in the areas of drawing, painting, and ceramics and 3D art for both high school and middle school students. And at the high school division, there's also photography and jewelry. On the tech side of the house, Chief Technology Officer Mike Christensen said our district has had robotics programs for about 15 years and they keep growing. The competition at the Technology and Art Fair this year was fierce at the elementary level. We have so much collaboration, teamwork, uh, and competition for students that may not compete in other things or compete in very other sports and stuff. But either way, this brings a whole different group, in, in my experience, to the competition realm and use, utilizing different types of learning and involvement in school. So it's been a fantastic program as we've grown it over the years. We had 15 teams from the, the elementary schools compete. Fredericks Elementary took first place. They're the super powered team for this year. One thing that was added to the art and tech fair right before COVID shut us down was the escape rooms, which bring together many elements of our art and technology. We have both uh, tactile and uh, digital escape rooms and they become very popular. And you probably have some in your community that you've maybe even been to, um, but we had a full days of participation, very full booths and really utilizing technology in uh, various ways when we even do it in classes now where they use basic scavenger hunts to achieve their objectives for their lesson on that day. Now we know all of our students have access to iPads and that's thanks to our voters renewing last year's technology levy, but handheld devices aren't all that levy supports. We have a, a literally a six foot flat panel interactive screen that has multiple curriculum supports for it. Our main use for it is our engineering courses and our bioscience program. And here is a full anatomy system. And you can go all the way from the skin layer all the way down into the arteries, even within the arteries, and even perform surgeries, virtual surgeries, and other operations. This uh, same machine is utilized at the technical and college levels and even some medical schools where you're not always able to use cadavers or obviously real people to practice on. And so these are the new technologies. We have one in each of our high schools and it's really bringing kids into this interactivity that gives another way to, to learn besides a textbook or slides or some video. It is always great to see the Bethel community come together at events like the Tech and Art Fair, and we're already looking forward to next year's event. But before that, we've got All Bethel Community Day, which is coming up in October. Next week is Elementary Conference Week, and Assistant Superintendent Dr. David Hammond said that's a very important time at our elementary schools. One of the bright spots here in Bethel is that we strive to meet with every parent 
and not just the parents that need it. So in other districts, you'll hear that the spring conferences are just for parents that may need it or the kid may need it. No, we're going to meet with every parent. We're going to talk about where the kid is. We're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about goals. Uh, and I think that's really good. And we've been very fortunate in the district. We have over 95% of our parents participating every year coming into conferences. It's so important to keep parents informed, especially when their kids are involved. Dr. Brian Lowney said there's a big change coming across the district when it comes to standards-based instruction and grading. Making the move to standards-based instruction and grading is an all-hands-on-deck time for our district, and it's not going to be a quick move. In fact, Dr. Lowney said the implementation is a five-year process, and we're halfway through it. And now that we've reached the midway point, a mid-process check-in is going to happen this spring with our teachers. We surveyed all of our secondary teachers the year we began this five-year process about their readiness to benefit. So how ready are they to implement, you know, yes, I'm all for it. I'm going to, I understand standards-based grading and I'm a proponent of it. And I'm going for it all the way to, I don't, I'm not sure what you're talking about. So we did that about a year and a half ago. We're going to do that again this spring. So that's coming up. And that's going to do it for this week. Connor, you started the show talking about cereal, one of my favorite subjects. Is there anything you learned in your research? You know, I did. Cereal has a rich, rich history full of many weird things. So I thought we'd end the show by playing a little game called Two Truths and a Lie. Is this going to be like when we played Truth or Dare? Doug, we agreed to never talk about that on air. Anyway, I'll say three things about cereal, and you have to determine which one of them is a lie. You ready? Ready. Number one. The same guy that voiced Tony the Tiger also voiced the Grinch. Number two, Cookie Crisp was originally manufactured by Purina Dog Food Company. Number three, Honey Nut Cheerios don't actually contain nuts. Number four, Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. Hey, wait, you said three, that was four. Yeah, and they're all true. We'll see you next week, everybody.